Welcome to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. I am so thankful that you're listening. I know that there's so many different places that you could, or so many different shows you could be listening to right now, but I appreciate you tuning in every single week and hearing what I have to say and, and hearing from the guests that I have on the show when we talk about biohacking and wellness and nutrition and all sorts of things like that. So today's a bit of a different episode. I sometimes kind of do these personal episodes where I talk about a specific topic or rant about things or even talk about my own health journey and things that I've been through as well. And today we are diving into some of that, but I wanted to do this because I found a interesting article online and I wanted to just dive into it a bit because I think some of the information in it is valid and I think some of it is not. So I get notified, actually set up a Google alert, like, I don't even know, so, so long ago, maybe even a year ago now, maybe two years ago, something like that. And I get anytime the word biohacking is used in any type of context on the internet, I get notified. So it sends me the latest articles and the latest blog posts and all of these things. I think it sends it once a day, but you can have it weekly. And it's really helpful because it helps me keep on top of what people are talking about, who's talking about it, what people are saying. And a lot of the time, the articles are kind of just garbage. Like they don't really mean much, but sometimes there's interesting things that come from them. And there's a lot of news, which is also cool. Like the latest tech that's coming out, the latest supplement that's coming out, that type of thing. So it's a really fantastic way to kind of be ahead of your industry. So if you've ever wanted to do something like that, I suggest you do that. And that's just through... I think it's called Google alerts and it just comes right into my email inbox. And I, most of the time I just delete the notification, but I I definitely do read some of the article articles, but you can do it for anything. I think I also have it set up for my name as well, like biohacking Brittany, which is interesting to see if I'm ever (laughs) like mentioned or anything like that. Yeah. So it's a great tool anyway. So a couple of days ago, I got this article from that tool and it caught my eye because in the like preview of the article, it said anti-biohacking. And I was like, oh boy, like, what is this going to say? Here we go. I'm ready for this criticism. Let's dive right in. And if you want to read this article, I, you know, go for it. It's called biohacking for beginners. The four basic things a doctor wants you to know before thinking about biohacking. I'll link to it in the show notes and on my website. So it's super easy. It is by stylist.co.uk, which is so random that they are talking about biohacking, like literally stylist. Okay. But apparently they have the well-being section and this goes under that section. So I was very interested and shocked to kind of see this type of content coming from them. But it also just goes to show you how big biohacking has become and is becoming. So I'm going to read some of this article and I'm going to kind of dissect it a little bit for you. So the beginning says the term biohacking came into the public consciousness a few years ago via Silicon Valley execs who sought to improve their efficiency by attempting to hack their biology. Their habits ranged from taking slightly obscure supplements to adding microchips into their body to improve their magnetic field and lifespan. 
Now these habits have gone mainstream and it's easy enough to land on the term with a two minute scroll on social media. Google searches of biohacking for beginners have increased 850% over the past 12 months. And many of us have tried something a little obscure that's promised to improve our body functions, whether that's fasted exercise or SAD lamps. So before I get to the next part, I think this is interesting. Like I a hundred percent believe this. It's not really shocking that you know, biohacking for beginners has increased by 850% over the past 12 months on Google. I totally can see that. And even in my own following, I can see that in the amount of podcast downloads I get, the amount of clients, like biohacking is very much taking off. And so I definitely understand this to be true. And of course, like the term biohacking obviously did come from Dave Asprey and really a silicone Valley execs really kind of, I think we're early, early adopters. And then it's gone to the next wave and now it's slowly getting into the mainstream. So I think this is like mostly accurate. So then it gets into the criticism of biohacking and this is what's really interesting. So they basically have interviewed or gotten snippets from this doctor. So the article says, but things have gone too far. At least that's according to Dr. Adrian Chavez who is fiercely anti-biohacking. His concern, it's marketing. People end up spending time doing these things that are half-truths when they could have spent that time actually doing the things that people need to do to improve their health, he tells Stylist. I'll just kind of go into it a bit more and then we can talk about it. So why anti-biohacking? Dr. Chavez's anti-biohacking journey began after he fell for the trend himself. He says, I started being interested in nutrition because of a health issue that I had. I went to a doctor and they didn't really help me out very much. So I changed my diet and I was able to improve my digestive health. At that point, I started Googling information and I landed on a lot of fringe sites. I was in my early 20s getting a master's degree in exercise science, and I believed a lot of the obscure biohacking stuff I was finding. So I completely shifted my degree to nutrition. But as you do in a PhD program, you learn science. And I learned that a lot of the stuff that I believed before is pretty ridiculous in some cases, but oftentimes dangerous. Woo. Okay. So when we look at, and this is like, not me just like criticizing one person, but when we, (laughs) but when we look at Dr. Adrian Chavez's Instagram over here, he doesn't really say much. He says he has a nutrition PhD. He's an anti-biohacker and follow me to learn more about nutritional science, which is interesting. And yeah, like I'll just read the rest of this criticism. So he says the or the article says, the real frustration for him is that we want to or believe we should start with the niche treatments before we've even nailed the basics. And when things like green powders or cryotherapy don't work, people give up at improving their health. Interesting. And then later down here, yeah. In fact, that's why Dr. Chavez focuses his content on the concept of anti-biohacking. He says, I realized a long time ago that if I said, hey guys, eat fruits and vegetables, There's no way people would respond. So I try to frame my content in a way that will take off. But all I'm saying is focus on the basic stuff before spending money and time worrying about the extremes. And then the article gets into four basic elements of health and what you can do. So this is interesting. And I, it's interesting because it's not the first time that I've actually heard 
the narrative of anti-biohacking or anti-wellness. And I think he does have a point. I think there is some validity here because it's really easy to get caught up in the materialistic and capitalism of biohacking and wellness, right? So you're constantly buying new supplements and you're buying new tech and you're buying new gear and you're always updating these things that you have, right? Like whether it's a red light therapy face mask or a sauna or an enema thing or like whatever it is, right? Like you're always bombarded by the next thing that you should buy. And I agree that biohacking has become very focused on what you should be buying and what you should have and the different products that you should have. And I posted about this a long time ago when I talked about the difference between ancestral health and biohacking. And this is exactly what I said. I said that biohacking can be focused on products to give you results that you could actually just get if you did the ancestral practice yourself and actually did the thing that the product is focused on doing. So for example, if you are buying a red light therapy device and you hang it from your door and you're like, great, I'm getting red light on my skin. I'm going to be glowing. My cells are going to love this. My mitochondria is going to be happy. But the ancestral living and the ancestral part of that and where that actually comes from is rooted in you just getting that spectrum of light from the sun, right? So waking up super early in the morning or at night when the light outside is so red from the sun and you actually getting that, those light waves or whatever from the sun itself. And that's where it comes from. Right. And so what tends to happen and what we've seen happen is that people have taken these natural concepts and they've created products out of them. And I understand why some people could be against that because it's marketing, it's capitalism. You're basically just trying to sell more and more uh, and create a business out of it. But at the same time, we actually have to think about the society that we live in today and our lifestyle. So how many people can get up super early in the morning and have access to the right amount of sun and for a right amount of time to get the same benefits from a red light therapy device that just hangs in their bathroom or they attach to their face through a face mask, right? So while I understand the criticism of it, we have to be realistic about bringing these healthy practices into our life because for most of us, they're not realistic. And most of us are working full-time, have families, have a lot of priorities, a lot of things on the go, and we want to be as healthy as we can. So we need or we want to use these products and these tools to help us. And, and, I, and I think that's fair. So I think the argument on that is actually fair both ways. And of course, ideally, we would all (laughs) live off the grid and have our own farms and have our own food and not be bombarded by EMF and Wi-Fi and stress and wake up with the sun and go to bed with the sun and exercise naturally, right? Like, that would be amazing. But also, like, it's just not realistic and it's not, yeah, 
it's not realistic for a lot of us. And we, like I said, like a lot of us have family and friends that we really need to consider when we're trying to bring in these healthy practices. And most of the time it's faster and easier to buy the device and buy the product that does the thing than try and bring in the practice itself. So that's like my first thing that I have to say about this. The other thing that I would say after going through a bit of his content is that he kind of criticizes criticizes things that are actually like beyond biohacking, like green powders or liver detox, chronic Lyme, parasites, leaky gut, and mold toxicity. Now it's interesting because we're moving away from this criticism of cryotherapy, right? And we're moving into criticizing things that people are actually dealing with. Lyme disease, parasites, leaky gut. Like these are serious health conditions that so many people have. And to criticize that and say biohacking tools and products might not be helpful is, I just don't think it's necessary. And I understand where they're coming from and in the sense of focus on these four things. Apparently there's only four in this article, (laughs) focus on these four things and you can be healthier. You don't need the extra stuff. But I think for people who already have the basics down and for people who are already sleeping well and have great nutrition and stress management, I think the different products and the different things that biohacking have like within this world, within this niche can actually help. And I don't know, like this kind of makes me feel iffy because people who do liver detoxes and have Lyme and stuff, like it's not something that you can just downplay and say and dismiss it and say, it doesn't matter because it does matter. And the foundations do help, but I also think that the biohacking tools help as well. So I don't really agree with that. Then this is kind of going on a tangent, but I actually saw, I think it was a TikTok the other day about somebody who was criticizing gut health. And it was so interesting because I hadn't heard this narrative before, but she was basically saying that when people try to sell you a gut health protocol, a gut health program, maybe it's a supplement, maybe it's a coaching program, whatever it is, it's actually just reframing dieting in a different way, in a modern way. So it's saying like, oh, you're bloated and you've gained weight and you have skin issues or whatever because you're having digestive issues and let's work on that. And you're going to follow this very specific like gut health diet and then you're going to reduce the symptoms that you're dealing with. And she was just saying like, this is basically BS. We're reframing dieting. It's the newest way to do it and don't believe any of it. And that was so interesting because I've never actually... I've never thought about it like that. Like I've never thought about how that could be seen like that. Like how we, you know, dieting, I think now at this point in 2022 is like, it's not as, I don't want to say trendy, but it's not as accepted as it once was, right? Like we're going through a very much like a body positivity movement and as we should, and as everyone's kind of accepted on the different sizes. So now we're like taking this narrative of, restriction and dieting and we're applying like gut health and leaky gut on top of it and selling it in a new way. So like, mind you, I understand where she's coming from and I, and I can see that. But on the other hand, 
there is the science that does support things like leaky gut and parasites and gut health issues and SIBO and, oh my gosh, I don't even know what else, just digestive, digestive issues in general. So I think there is a lot of science behind that. And a lot of people do feel that. And it's hard because there are diets that do help with that. Right. And it's just such an interesting criticism because if you do follow this diet, that's going to help with your gut health issues, you very well may lose weight as a result. And which is most likely a good thing. Like you most likely could you lose some weight if you've gained weight recently. So it's just interesting. And I don't know how I feel about that. And I'm like very curious to hear the feedback from this episode and what you think of that as well. But as somebody who's had leaky gut and I healed my leaky gut through supplements and through like aloe vera juice and L-glutamine and also eliminating gluten right? And being aware of caffeine and alcohol, I can see that, but it also did make me feel better. So I'm kind of torn on that one, but it's just food for thought. I think that's this whole episode. It's food for thought. It's cool to actually see people criticizing things and see how the narrative can be flipped. But I do want to provide some helpful tips for those who do want to just focus on the basic elements of health and not necessarily gut health, or necessarily specifically biohacking. Do you ever feel frazzled, not grounded, stressed, and like you have way too much on your plate? Of course, you know you should be taking time for self-care, but doesn't mean you actually are, and it kind of just feels like another thing on your to-do list. I have definitely been there. It's tough to kind of balance everything these days, especially for those of us working from home with extra side hustles and or kids. Stress reduction feels like a nice idea, but never something easily achievable in the moments when we need it the most. I believe in solutions that use science to help us be healthier on a daily basis, but without crazy technology or tools that aren't accessible or affordable for everybody. I use Sensate, which is something that I've been using for a long time now, and I spoke about a lot last year which is a groundbreaking innovation in wellness technology that uses the natural power of sonic resonance to calm your body's nervous system, providing immediate, immediate, let me tell you, relief and long-term benefits from regular, regular use. It calms your nerves and helps you feel better in as few as 10 minutes per day. It improves stress resilience to help you cope with whatever life throws at you and it increases heart rate variability, a known biomarker of health and longevity. This is so important because for many of us, our body's built-in stress management system is simply just an overdrive. Sensate's novel patented technology was designed to send infrasonic waves through the chest to reach the vagus nerve that sits deep in the core of our nervous system. By speaking to our body's command center, we can control how we respond to all the positive and negative things that we experience each day, which is just so cool and such an easy, easy biohack to bring in every day. You can use my discount code, which is BiohackingBrittany in all capitals. Um, I will put the link in the show notes and it's on my shop page at biohackingbrittany.com and you get $25 off today. If you have any questions about it or when you get it, please message me. I'd love to chat as this is one of my favorite biohacking tools to use on a regular basis. 
So I actually have a article on my website that I wrote years ago on my blog. That's called six biohacks for everybody. And it kind of, it's six biohacks for everybody, but it's also six basic elements of health that I agree with and still believe in. So the first one is sun exposure. Basically sun exposure is just pivotal for reaching optimal health. It helps regulate our circadian rhythm and our sleep and our energy. It's really great for our hormones. It's really good for our skin, really good for our eyes as well. Um, Obviously it's great for vitamin D synthesis as well. So that is like definitely something that we should try to bring in every single day, at least for 15 to 30 minutes. If you're like me and you live in a rainy city, it's not always possible, but that is, that is in the summer, I definitely get a lot more. So it's okay. The second one is meditation. I kind of go back and forth on meditation. I try to meditate as much as I can, but I don't always love it. To be honest, I, I, there's something about it that I just struggle with. Like I can meditate at the end of a yoga class, but I struggle to sit down and just meditate for 15 minutes. I just feel like I'm too like, go, go, go at this point. But I, it is something that I would like to bring in more, but it's probably one of the biggest, like biohacking things, wellness trends that I struggle with. The third one's intermittent fasting. This one is, I guess, related to diet. Obviously, I think a lot of people really benefit from fasting. For females, that's a little different. You have to be careful, but you can fast every other day type of idea, or you can do longer fasts every quarter. And I've spoken about fasting before, but that's kind of what I do is every other day or yeah, like a longer water fast for maybe 48 hours, 72 hours, that type of thing. And that's what I stick to. If you're a male, you can definitely fast every day, intermittent fast. Don't eat for 16 hours and eat for eight hours. There's a lot of benefits and there's a lot of signs behind intermittent fasting at this point. Movement, obviously like this is such a basic, basic element of health. Like we have to be exercising and moving our bodies every day. Absolutely. And it doesn't have to be hopping onto your Peloton every single day, but walking your dog or just going for a walk outside in general or stretching or doing yoga or anything is really, really needed. The body doesn't do well when we're stiff, right? Like our muscles don't do well, our joints don't do well. And there's something to be said about like recovery days, but at the same time, we can have active recovery days where we're still walking and we're still stretching without breaking a sweat and without really pushing ourselves. And then we can kind of move forward and like reach better exercise goals and reach our goals that we have based off of that. So I'm a big fan of active recovery days, but mind you, every once in a while, I will spend a day on the couch and I don't do anything. like nothing. Like I don't leave my house. The fifth one is gratitude. I love, 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 love gratitude. This one I practice every single day with my partner. I think I've said this before, but at nighttime we kind of, I, yeah, we call it appreciation, but it's, it's definitely gratitude where we just say like what we're grateful for and what we appreciate of each other from that day. So it's very specific, right? Like it's from that day. So it'll be like the smallest things. Like I appreciate you unloading the dishwasher or I appreciate you making dinner or taking the dog for a walk or 
bringing me a cup of coffee during my meeting or whatever it is, right? And we've done that for years now, years. Like, oh my gosh, might even be like four years. Like every single night, like we never miss a night. And what it does is it trains you to find the good. It trains you to find the positive in your life. And it trains you to it trains you to find the positive in the other person. I've been in a long-term relationship for years, like a very long time by now. And obviously every relationship has its ups and downs. And it, it's really easy to get frustrated with your partner, especially when you work from home together and you just survived a pandemic together and you're kind of always with each other. But doing a practice like this shows you like, okay you actually did this for me today. You actually helped me by doing this. So thank you so much. And then they say it back to you, right? And that feels really good because you feel recognized, you feel appreciated. And so it's a wonderful way to end your day because you're ending on a positive note as like a couple together. If you're single, you can do this with a friend. You can do it with a family member. It's up to you. But there's also like a million other ways that you can practice gratitude. Like you could get a journal, you can just meditate on gratitude and what you're grateful for that day as well. That also works. And the last one is reduce blue light, number six. So this one is huge. I think we are all bombarded with screens every single day. I have like literally in front of me right now, I have my computer, I have my monitor, my phone's not with me, but you know, like I literally go from screen to screen all day, computer, phone, TV, bed. Like it's just crazy. And I'm so picky on the blue light that I see. So I have flux installed on my computer. I have been able to turn my phone red to reduce the blue light. I wear blue blockers at night. I have no light in my bedroom whatsoever. I have blackout curtains and I'm so, so picky with it because sleep is so important. Sleep is so important. If you're not sleeping well, like above anything else, like that is the number one thing that you should be trying to fix and trying to work on. Not even nutrition, not even exercise or stress management. Once you sleep well day in and day out, Making other healthier choices throughout the day is going to be so much easier for you. When you go out for lunch and you have the option to order a bowl that's got, you know, maybe salmon and a ton of veggies in it versus like, I don't know, a plate of pasta or something like that. If you've slept really, really well, you're going to feel nourished. You're going to feel awake. You're going to feel much better to make that decision. And also your hunger hormones won't be soaring through the roof. And I very much see this in myself. Like when I don't sleep well, the next day I eat way more food than I normally do. And that is because I'm trying to get energy from food. I'm trying to make up from the lack of sleep by eating more food, extra food, different food, food that I usually don't eat um, to make myself feel better and feel energized. And the hormones definitely show that as well. So focusing on sleep is like one of the most important biohacks. If you don't want to call it a biohack, that's fine. <laughs> you can call it a basic element of health like this article. And yeah, that's what I would definitely say. So this is just like my random rant for this week, basically on 
these, this person just like being anti-biohacking. And I, again, like just circling back, like I understand where they're coming from and I understand their perspective, but I think biohacking has done a lot for a lot of people. And it's done a lot for me personally. Like it really has, it's taught me a lot. I've brought in a lot of healthy practices. It's given me the 1% edge that I needed for working long days, for stress management, for sleeping better, for being a better partner, being a better friend. Like it's really, really like changed my life. And I know it's changed a lot of people's lives as well. So if you're into biohacking, like I am so grateful that you're listening and that you're here with me and continue to listen, continue to get involved in the biohacking community. It's growing and it's just really exciting. I love seeing all of the new people come out. I love seeing all the new businesses come out. And now that the world is opening up again, I have started to see retreats start to happen again as well. So I think that's going to be something that's on my list for maybe next year is start to get involved in some of these biohacking retreats and kind of get some people out there, some of you out there. And I would just love for you to join. But as always, please leave a review on iTunes, Apple iTunes, if you can. It's super easy to do that. It's easiest to do it just right on your phone, actually, compared to the computer. And let me know what you think of this episode. Are you pro-biohacking? Are you anti-biohacking? Are you pro-gut health? Or do you think it's just weight loss packaged differently? Let me know. Spill the tea. I want to hear. And stay tuned for another episode next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. If you're interested in finding the show notes or the sponsors for this episode, you can do so on my website, which is biohackingbrittany.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram where I'm most active. My handle is at biohackingbrittany. And if you're interested in working together and you want to email me directly, you can do that. My email is info at biohackingbrittany.com. And I look forward to hearing from you and having you tune in next week.